0: Welcome to Mastering Higher Education Podcast. I am your host, Faton Sova. In each episode, we will discuss with some of the brightest marketing minds from leading universities and colleges. Together, we will uncover practical insights you can use to achieve your enrollment goals through search engine and content marketing. In the first season, we will be co-hosting the podcast with Jarosz Dolani, the Chief of Growth at Bay Atlantic University the DC-based university that offers the very best in higher education to U.S. and international students. Hi, everyone. In this episode, Judge and I talk about how to drive students through content marketing on search engines, how to decide about what content to write, analyzing the wealth of existing content, building a content strategy that helps higher education institutions build trust and authority, and more. Here is our conversation. Hi George and welcome to another episode of Mastering Higher Education Marketing.
1: Hey Faton, how are you?
0: Great, fine. How are you there?
1: Doing well, doing well. Excited to talk about this topic because it's a topic that we discuss a lot internally, you know, specifically when it comes to blog articles, should we write them? Should the agency write them? So, let's get to the bottom of this.
0: Yes, definitely. Content marketing in general is very challenging but at the same time offers very great opportunities when it comes to getting the brand out there to increase brand awareness and getting more qualified traffic leads and enrollment for universities and colleges. So let me start by asking a question. What is your expertise so far and your experience when it comes to growing the school and universities through content marketing? How helpful you have found this to be?
1: So great question. I would actually take it a couple of steps back and define content marketing, right? Because one of the things that we run into a lot specifically, you know, and you know this from your experience working with universities, is not everybody understands what content marketing is, right? So like the first thing that a lot of people think of is like, well, our pages have to be correct. You know, and you're like, well, Mm -hmm. yes, that's content, but it's not really what content marketing is, right? So do you want to define content marketing real quick?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Content marketing in general is every piece of content that you put out there on the internet. Depending on the channel that you are talking about, for example, in social media, every post that you do, every video, every image is a content piece. On website, every page, every blog post, every content asset is a content piece but you can see content being shown on other formats as well such as ebooks podcasts videos audios images infographics and everything out there that people can see read or listen and understand something out of that content so for this episode we're going to talk about content marketing related to the website and search engines
1: So what we're talking about from a marketing standpoint is basically inbound marketing, right? Putting content out there, creating interesting pieces of information that targets your specific customer. So in our case, for example, in our university, prospective students to actually come check out you know the university, check out our website, and hopefully with the intent to fill out an application and become a student of you know in my case, Bay Atlantic University. So that's really you know when I think of content marketing, that's really what I have in mind. That's what my end goal is. In terms of my experience with it, you know to kind of go back to the question you asked, it's still a learning process. Right. And I think now specifically, you know, just working with you guys on this as well, I've started diving deeper into content marketing when it comes to the student funnel, right? Like there's different contents for different stages of that funnel. And I think that's where it gets interesting.
0: Producing content for each phase of the journey, future student journey is very important. And that's actually should be part of the strategy. One thing that we have seen many universities do is that they produce content that doesn't target a specific step of their future students. And at the end of the day, this content, even though it might be helpful here and there, it doesn't contribute to the overall growth of that university. From your experience in general, what are some of the challenges that you have seen to go through when it comes on deciding about what content to write?
1: Sure. The first and foremost is, do we really need a content strategy, right? That's basically the piece, especially when you go to kind of like the presidents of the university, people that are not on the marketing field and you say, hey, we're going to launch this blog section and we're just going to write articles about, you know, types of learning. We're going to write articles about how much people with a bachelor's degree in political science make. Mm -hmm. You know, the first thing that you get is these like puzzled looks like, why would you provide that information? You know, we need to talk about our programs. We need to talk about how great they are and how great our teachers are and how great our students are, right? And I think that's the first challenge. The first challenge is trying to explain to the institution specifically why it's important to have content marketing and what content marketing is and what to expect from it, right? The types of articles. In terms of who decides, obviously you know, here, you know, i ultimately, I make the decision here at, at our university, but in terms of what type of articles to write, I've learned to leave that to the experts. Right. And I think we can spend some time talking about this because as an institution, you feel like you have to have a say in everything that is written, right? Like, oh, the types of articles that you write, the title, you know, we can't talk about this. We can't talk about that. But when you leave it to the experts, right, and again, with your guidance, right, because you're the one that owns like from an institution, when I say you, I mean the institution, the institution owns the brand, you know, the institution is kind of like the protector of the brand, right? So the institution has to provide very, very good guidelines to the agency, but the content should be driven by research and not by emotions or what you think is good and what you think is bad?
0: Every time we got a new project, a new university coming aboard, is we start with a strategy. Auditing existing content on the website, analyzing competitors, and seeing what has worked in the past and what's not, and who is the audience that we are trying to talk to. This strategy part that you mentioned is really, really important. Every time that we are starting to engage with university or college, the first thing that we do is to... To analyze the content that is on the website, the existing content. We go then and analyze the competition. We try to have a clear understanding of the audience before you even start, start to write the first word. That's really, really important because you need to know the audience that you are talking to. You need to know the unique selling advantage, the unique value proposition of university so that you can include this in the tone of voice, in the approach, in the content that you are producing for your future students to help them during each phase of their decision-making process. So making sure that you are targeting the right audience and you are communicating your brand value throughout the whole journey is one of the most important steps on deciding on the strategy level.
1: Let me ask you a quick question. From your experience, how do you approach you know, educational clients, for example, with a content strategy, right? So how much input do you require from them Mm -hmm. and how involved do they have to be in the process? Yeah,
0: we try to involve them as much as possible in the beginning. That's because we need to understand their approach, their strategy, their goals, their audience. If there is any specific program or list of programs that they want to push forward, their past experience with content and Once we have this information from the marketing officer, we go and analyze them more in depth. And then based on the data that we found, we compare and contrast with what we have discussed with the CMOs of university. And then based on this, we also analyze the competition and we come up with a strategy that helps the university to address those point points that they have. It might be that they are receiving a lot of traffic, but that traffic is not converting, or it might be the case where they are being ranked only for branded keywords. For example, on these cases, it's great to be ranked for branded keywords because that means that your brand is getting awareness there. But what is more important than that is to target new audiences. And we do this by identifying their personas, understanding their behavior, understand what keywords they are looking for on search engines to come to read the content that this website might be offering. So based on this, then we define topics and topic clusters. And then we start to write, but we make sure that we are only planning the content, having a clear strategy for the next six months or one year, but actually planning the content only for the next three months because the market is very dynamic. And even though it is important to have a clear understanding of long-term strategy, things might change very fast. So you need to make sure that you are taking care of this just from the first step.
1: So I was talking to a colleague of Mm -hmm. mine, basically a CMO at another university, and they're doing a similar content strategy to what we're doing here. You know, so if you go through their website, you see a lot of articles that are, you know, And this is kind of like a healthcare type of a, you know, focused university. So you see a lot of these, like how much do nurses make and things like that. However, the content is actually done in-house by the marketing team. And when we were comparing notes and I, you know, and I said, listen, I don't think it's a good idea for your marketing team to write the content. He just kind of looked at me puzzled. Was I right or was (laughs) I wrong?
0: Actually, our experience and the data show that you were right. It's not only about writing content.
1: Oh, thanks for approving. And I love that. But like, why was I right?
0: Yeah. And the reason that you were right is that it's not only about writing. It's about understanding the principle of writing for search engines, but for users as well. And this is a matter of expertise. You need to make sure that you are having the right structure. Using the right headings or writing for a reader based on their journey, for example, one user one future student that might be at the first step of their decision making, they might be not decided yet about the degree that they are trying to get. So at that stage, they might be looking for more general information, for example, benefits of a master degree. and we have seen that it has worked better for universities that have Use their time and energy to make their programs better and to serve their current students better while working with an external agency that has deep expertise on producing content that actually
1: ranks. The reason why I asked that question, you know, in terms of content, is because I also think, besides the fact that, you know, An agency who spends time looking at this and is actually has staff trained to do this obviously provides better, more targeted content. But I also do think that if your staff, like if the school staff, is actually writing the articles, I feel like they would write the articles for an audience of themselves. Yeah. That happens a lot. Have the, the need to right? To talk as highly as possible about your school, to make sure you stuff as much information there as possible, when ultimately, I feel like the goal of, you know, inbound marketing is to generate enough interest, right? So like, you know, for somebody who's at their beginning stages of their journey, right? Let's say they're looking into a business degree. They're only 17 years old. They have another year and a half of high school before they get to college, right? Like they're not necessarily thinking, you know, details about the types of classes that they'll be taking there or like, you know, whether, yeah, like how long is the econ one class and should they take finance 102 versus finance 107, right? Like they're more interested in what does my future look like with a business degree? One, what does my future look like being a student at Bay Atlantic University, for example, in my case, right? So like very, very simple, digestible articles and easy to read You know, not overloaded with information where the student, after reading it, now feels like, well, let me now go to the website and actually start looking for myself. What else do they provide? Right? Like you want the reader to do to come to your online properties and start looking into those himself or herself. So that's why I think it's important, you know, for the articles to be written by a third party because they don't have. That inclination mm-hmm. uh, to throw as much stuff against it as possible,
0: and besides that, there is a lot of expertise required for to make that content SEO friendly. There is internal linking, and there is using the right keywords, and structuring the article on that way that it helps the user to really understand, to answer the question they are looking for, answer the intent of the user, and use that opportunity to drive that reader down to the funnel. For example, if they are currently considering a degree, in master in business administration and master in business management, then you might use that opportunity to convert that potential student to a lead, and then your admission team can take over from there. So the way that you publish the content, how your articles are related with each other, how they help your future student during their full journey. It's really a matter of expertise that you need on developing it throughout the years and defining processes and trainings and building teams. So it is a whole new business there. And the universities, it's a rare case where universities have done a really great job on this one using their internal teams.
1: So let's talk a little bit, because we touched a little bit on it. Let's talk a little bit about how content marketing drives students down the funnel right? Because, you know, not all content is created equal, right? There are some that you want to target students that want general information and you want, there's some articles and some type of content that you want to use to target students that are a little bit further into their research and things like that. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? So how do you as an agency look at the funnel and design content for the specific stages of the funnel?
0: The content that we produce, we make sure that it is addressing the questions during each phase of the funnel. So, at the first phase, we must produce content that is informational and educational. And the reason that we do that is that student, the future students that are at that stage are more asking for information that are general. For example, I said previously that my search for benefits of a master's degree. On that stage, we want to get the university name up out there. And if we help that student like during the decision making process that might last one year or two years, depending on how early they start to search for their bachelor's degree or associate or master's degree or PhD, we try to produce content and answer this question during each of these phases. If they are on a phase where they are searching for consideration, for example, they might search for jobs you can get with an MBA degree. That means that that student has started to be more interested at an MBA. And if we produce a content that helps them understand those benefits from getting an MBA and the jobs that they can get, the salaries and the career paths, this builds trust towards a student about that university. And if that future student has seen your university during their journey for six months or one year, then chances are that you might get that student as a lead in a near future. Why? Because you have been there helping them to answer the questions that they were looking for during their journey. So we make sure that we are producing content, that we are identifying the topics and the questions that people are asking for like using this a bunch of tools and available data on the internet to identify those questions during each phase of their journey and then analyzing the competition and how we can do better than them and just at that stage we start producing content that is seo friendly but as well as answer the users intent
1: and is there a difference between you know, content strategy for a university versus content strategy for, you know, say another type of a business?
0: Yeah. In principle, is the same. But what's different is that you are dealing with a specific kind of audience that has its own behavior. It has its own seasonality. There are multiple factors that might impact their decision-making process. So at that stage, Even though the funnel might be similarly the same as in other industries, this industry has its own specifics. You have to know their pain points, their behavior, what pushes them towards taking a decision or not, what influences their decision. So if you're able to understand the customer behavior of this industry, then you can use those data information to actually build your content strategy around it.
1: Mm. You know, one of the things that is kind of interesting when you're making this decision, right? Like what is your content strategy going to be or what is literally like your online strategy going to be is you always get into, and maybe you guys on an agency side don't get to see a lot of this, but you always get into these discussions about, well, do we really need a content strategy? We already have an SEO strategy, right? Like, (laughs) or, you know, so... Are they mutually exclusive? Actually,
0: they are different. There are three pillars of SEO. There is SEO itself and the technical part of it. There's content marketing and there is link building. The SEO stands for optimizing the website itself on the technical side of it and on a strategic level to make sure that Google can find you, crowd you, and understand your content. But then the content itself is the asset that actually helps you gather traffic. Because if you don't have content, you don't have assets to rank on search engine results. And as a result of it, you don't get the website traffic elites leads or anything like that.
1: But see, I look at them differently. And, you know, and my thing is, you know, you can't have one. Of course. Other, yeah. Right. Like you can't have an SEO strategy without a content strategy. And to me, You know, they're not mutually exclusive. They absolutely have to go hand in hand. You know, the analogy that I think of, you know, when I think of, you know, kind of, I mean, we work with you guys on a lot of this stuff, right? But I think of it as like, you know, the SEO part, the technical part is the foundations of a house, right? Like you can't build a house, a strong house without foundation, right? But just like, if you just put the foundation, but you never built a house on it, then what good is it, right? Like, okay, great. It looks like this could have been amazing. However, there's no, it's just foundation. There's no like walls and there's no rooms. There's no, like it's the content, you know? Cause once you, like, I run into this a lot. It's like, well, you know, we already spend a lot of money. You know, we're spending X thousand dollars a month on getting our website to be, you know, kind of competitive, you know, from mm-hmm. a keyword perspective and things like that. But remember, you know, And from a university perspective, your admissions content does not change. You know, what you provide, you know, as a core does not change. And again, I'm not talking about a big university with like, you know, 30 departments that there's always something new happening and the website Mm -hmm. is constantly updated, right? Like there are universities that literally don't have to touch their website for an entire year until the next year when, you know, the schedules change or whatever, right? So like, From a Google perspective, and correct me if I'm wrong, having a content strategy, providing these articles out there keeps you relevant, right? Like keeps you fresh and keeps you on top in terms of like, you know, ranking and SEO. Am I thinking this the right way?
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The content on your website, it doesn't mean only program pages, because as you said, they might be updated like once in six months or something like that, you need to make sure that your website's content is staying fresh and it's answering users' intent. Why? Because you are not alone there on search engines, just the same as you are not alone on the market. Chances are that there might be other universities and colleges offering the same degrees that you are offering so the other chances are that they are investing on their content marketing strategy on their seo strategy lane building and other channels as well so you are competing and if you're competing and you want to win actually you want to play by the rules and the rules there are decided by google's algorithm so you need to produce content to stay relevant answer users intent And doing that constantly, because even though you might have been writing for for the past two years, chances are that you might be exploring other opportunities as well and growing from there because surge is really big. And if you are offering multiple degrees there, then each one of these degrees has their own audiences and you might have like different competitors for each of degrees that you are offering. So in that case, you need to make changes on your content strategy constantly and producing actual content that ranks. And being constantly updating the content and being fresh and relevant is quite challenging because it requires you to make constant investment, which along the line on the mid to long term will definitely move the needle for university.
1: Got you. Well, let me ask you this: since we're kind of, I think, getting to the meat of this, how much content is enough, or too much, or too little? Right. So, is there a rule? How does that work?
0: Yeah, there are multiple factors that decide the amount of content you need to have on the website. There is no clear answer that says you specific number, because as long as you have clear audiences defined that you want to target and speak to, their behavior might change, and there might be new program pages that you might introduce or new audiences that you might target, or you might move from targeting a local audience to targeting a more international audience. So as your competition gets wider and wider, your content needs to be updated and produce new content that answers the question that your competitors are answering. So how much content is optimal? It depends on your strategy and your current investment. Because we have seen universities that have produced more than 300 content pieces on their website. And when I say content pieces, I mean mostly blog and linkable content assets like digital PR and statistics and research. But still there is room for growth why? Because there are new audiences they need touch to, and there are new markets they, they are expanding, and there are still questions they have not been answering to.
1: So what would you say to, you know, because obviously a lot of universities... Have already kind of dabbled into content generating, right? Like some of them have blog sections. I know for us, for example, before we started diving heavily into like a content strategy, we had a news mm-hmm. section. And the question was, like, well, is that news? Is that a blog? Like, what's the difference? Should we put more news out there? You know, and things like that. So, how do you approach? You know, when you start working with a university, right? Like, how do you approach the content that is already there? The stuff that the university already has attempted to do in the past?
0: One of the first things that we do regarding targeting when we start working with universities is that we try to find low-hanging fruits. So it is easier for us and for the university as well to get higher in ranking for the content that is actually on the website, if you are on the second page, chances are that it's gonna be easier for you to get on the first page and then start to get up in the ranking position. So what we do is that we call we conduct a content gap analysis to identify the content that is performing, to find those low-hanging fruits before even we start to create a new content. So we identify the content that is performing and not performing and we decide what to do with that because there might be content that needs to update there might be content that needs like to get deleted or get redirected to another content or there might be content that is actually not creating and not bringing any value for university so in those cases we might need to get two or three or five content pieces brought together to answer an intent that the user is searching for. So that's the one of the first things that we do before we even start to write new content because that will help us generate results faster and prove the investment of university. And then once we have a clear idea about what how to deal with the existing content on the website, we create a new strategy. And by then we start producing content. Because our goal is to generate results as fast as possible because on search engines, results are not so fast as they might be on pay-per-click. So we need to make sure that we are bringing that, uh, that return on investment as fast as possible.
1: Do you recommend, for example, that institutions get rid of their previous content?
0: There might be cases when we recommend that, but however, that's not a blind decision. We use data to understand... What's going on there? And then based on this data, we take the decision what we should do with that content. There might be cases where the website is... Blog section is full of news. And there might be cases when we try to create another section on the website only for blog articles to not mix them with each other. There might be cases when we need to delete a number of pages because there might be thin pages or not creating... And not bringing any value on the table. And in order to come up to these decisions, we need to analyze like multiple data points and then take those decisions.
1: Mm. What about, you know, length of, is there a time length to the content strategy piece, right? So let's say, you know, institution kind of engages you and says, okay, well, you know here, we're going to work with you guys for six months on a content strategy, and then you know what happens?
0: We have a long-term approach on SEO, content marketing, and we try to work only with clients, universities and colleges that, has, that have the same perspective when it comes to the long-term approach of SEO. When we build the content strategy, we usually have a one-year approach of how this is going to evolve, but we make concrete plans only for the next three months. So once we have a clear strategy about the audiences, about the programs they want to push, about the approach and where the competition is, once we have a clear picture about a one to two year strategy, then we start to engage on producing that content. So producing content only for six months well, might help you a little bit, of course, because if you have been nowhere with the content and you have started to produce content like massively for, for six months, chances are that if you have done this in the right way, you might see results. But those results might start to get declined once you stop doing that. Why? Because chances are that you haven't answered those all questions that your audience are asking and the competition is doing better than you. So in those cases, that's why we suggest to have a long-term approach on content marketing and SEO in general to bring you that like sustainable growth for your university.
1: So let me jump to a question on specifically the content itself, right? So, you know, one of the things that I run into at this institution is when I see pieces of content, like we have a bachelor's degree in political science. And when I see pieces of content that say, you know, here are the, 10 things, 10 careers you can have with a bachelor's in political science, right? I'm like, okay, that's a great article because it kind of relates to what we do here. It's valuable for our students. It's also valuable for prospective students as well. But then I see content like, you know, five best things to do when you're presenting, you know, in front of a crowd, right? And I'm like, I look at that article and it generates a lot of traffic for us, but I can't make a connection to what we do here. Why would you, and I'm not saying you specifically, but why is it important to have a variety of different you know, pieces of content that may not be 100% related to a certain degree that you offer, but that drives some interest you know, from prospective students?
0: When it comes to answering the question of your students, like students have different needs. It's not only about choosing their degree, choosing the university or things like this. It goes more in depth because they might have like different needs of finding an apartment or doing a presentation or have to do on their exams, have to find a scholarship or financial opportunities. So if you're there to help students make their life easier, That are that go beyond your program pages because what you're trying to do is to build trust among your current and your future students that you are there to help whenever they need so. So, this builds your reputation along the line, and the long term it will pay its dividend definitely.
1: Mm. So, and I think that's the key here, right? So, at the end of the day, ultimately, and you alluded to this. The goal of a content strategy is for your institution to become an authority, right? And an authority is the trusted authority, right? So both to your students on one side or potential students on one side, but also to Google on the other side, right? Like the more articles you write that get linked to other things, the higher your authority level becomes. So I think, and that's really important, you know, for those listeners that are in institutions that are thinking about strategy content strategy i think that's very very important to keep in mind that ultimately the goal of a content strategy is to make your institution an authority that's it right and then the traffic that you get by it the leads that you get by it and the students that you get by it are a byproduct of the level of the authority that you achieve is that right is that a good way to interpret this
0: Yes, definitely. And we're going to touch on these points more in depth on the next episode about link building. But authority is like one crucial thing that you are trying to build with content. As she said, authority, trust, and relevancy is what you are trying to build. All of this will help you get more eyeballs on search results. And as a result, get ranked higher and get more traffic. And then if you have done a great job into optimizing your landing pages, your website for conversion, then you increase the chances to convert that traffic to leads and then try to convert them to application and enrollment as well.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously this has been, you know, a lot of information and I think it's been great information. I have one last question. Can you recommend, for example, the websites of maybe one or two institutions that are doing an insanely good job at content strategy? Or can you think of a couple that or one or two?
0: Yes, Rasmussen is doing a great job. I've seen them producing a lot of content and most of traffic is actually coming from this content that they have been producing that answer the questions from for each step of their decision-making. Strayer is now the university. They're doing a great job when it comes to actually targeting the future student for each of their degrees. And if you see their growth on organic results for the past two to three years, you actually can see the difference that content has made on their growth. Content is the main reason, along with the authority that they have gotten from link building, the main reason that they have generated such amount of traffic for the last three years.
1: Now, to be fair, though, these are pretty large institutions and they have pretty deep pockets, right? Yeah. What can a small institution do with a very limited budget? You know, how much of a chance do they have in this, you know, content marketing battlefield?
0: And that's a great question. Yeah. Universities that have a really small budget, I suggest them to start small. Start with what you have. For example, you might not have the budget to start with like 30 or 40 content pieces per month. But if you just start like just five or 10 content pieces per month, and if you are doing a great job on a strategic level, and you have the website optimized on the technical side, you might get chances to get rankings and traffic from that content only. And along the line, you can see that this content is producing traction. And then you can use this data from Google Analytics, Search Console, and other platforms to convince your high management to allocate more budget about this so that you can accelerate that growth. But you have to start somewhere and start producing content on small scale. If you do that constantly, you might have data in hand that you can prove your investment and then accelerate from there.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I think this will be Super valuable. And I know to me as well, because I can go back and listen to some of this stuff for sure. So, looking forward to the next episode where we, you know, dive deeper into, you know, the strategy and the authority.
0: Thank you very much, Judge, for your time. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to the next episode. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye.